Good morning everyone, it's, it's good to see you this morning and it's great that we can meet together this morning. We come together to praise our God, to witness to him and to what he's done in our lives and also to gain encouragement from each other. So I'd like to open our service by singing together from the Praise the Lord book, number 84. O God, beyond all praising, we worship you today and sing the love amazing that songs cannot replay. For we can only wonder at every gift you send, blessings without number and mercies without end. We lift our hearts before you and wait upon your word. We honour and adore you, our great and mighty Lord. Let's sing this together. Almighty God, we come together this morning and we present ourselves before you as your children, as your family brought together by our love for you. We pray that you will bless us this morning, that you will be close to us, that you will speak to us and encourage us through the things that we read, the thoughts that we hear and the songs that we sing, that our hearts will be brought close together and close to you so that we might serve you better and be closer to that relationship with you which, which you desire and which we desire too. We pray that you'll be close to us now in Jesus. Amen. Alex is going to come and give us our announcements. A small amount of care news. Tammy is off to Australia over the was it next week. So our prayers should go with Tammy that God will be with her, that he'll keep her safe on her travels. Don't know a huge amount about Mary. Apparently she's waiting for some biopsy results. So please keep Jack and Mary in your prayers. We had a lovely email from Mike and Lucy and baby Sophie this week. We saw some pictures. And please keep them in your prayers as Sophie grows and grows stronger. It's nice, obviously, to have Ollie and Hannah and Hermione again with us this morning. So, again, please keep these young, very young children in your prayers. Hope that they will grow up to love God and be strong and healthy. Also, don't forget other people that we have in our family people like John in the Congo. And is there anyone else that anyone would like mentioned? Vicky? Um, no, we have She's at home. let's pray together. Mighty God, awesome and, and powerful creator of everything, you hold us in your hands. And Lord, we think particularly today about the delicateness of our lives and how we are but a breath that lasts a very short time. Lord, we don't always know what you have planned for us and we don't know how things are going to pan out. But we do know, Lord, that we can trust you 
that we can trust you with our lives, with our health, with the health of our finances, with our jobs. Lord, you can be trusted and we thank you and we praise you and glorify because of that. Lord, I want to just lift up some people to you this morning. I know, Lord, that you stay with us and you stay close to us, but I pray for a special blessing on on Mary and Jack as they wait for, for some kind of treatment plan. Lord, we don't know what your plans for them are, but we pray for your healing, Father. We pray that if you are better glorified in Mary's healing, that that will happen. It will happen swiftly through the skillful hands of the doctors. But if that's not to be the case, Lord, help us to understand and at least to trust you. Lord, we, we pray for Margaret Hughes as well, for her operation. Once again, Lord, she sits in your hands. You have the power to heal. And we pray that you will be better glorified in her healing. And Marion, Lord, has not been in the best of health, as probably many other people we know. We pray that they will feel your presence. They will feel the movement of your spirit to, to energise, to heal, to give them peace and security in you. And Father, there are so many other people that we, we maybe want to think about individually. I pray, Lord, that you look after travellers and especially Tammy as she goes back to Australia. Lord, you know Tammy's heart. And we've not seen Tammy for a while. And I pray that as she travels back to Australia that maybe she will find you again that your call to her will be more obvious, that she will maybe answer again and turn back to you, Lord. Father, thank you for the, the time we can spend praying for others. And we lift our prayers to you in the strong, resurrected name, the healing name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Alex. Our, um, our service this morning is going to be focused around two readings from the scriptures. First is from Joshua, which uh, is the last chapter of Joshua, which if you follow the reading planner you will have read yesterday. And the second is from James. I can see you all getting your Bibles out, but we're going to sing before we actually read it together. Uh, we're going to sing from the, the Green Christelphian Hymn Book 114. And this I've chosen because it, it introduces some of the themes that we're going to think about this morning about God's provision for us over the years or the days however long we've been aware of him and before we were aware of him thinking back over those times and considering again our commitment to him and in considering that commitment we hopefully will be challenged by the sorts of things that God asks of us and whether or not we want to stay close to him. So this hymn, 114, O render thanks to God above, the fountain of eternal love, whose mercy firm through ages past has stood and shall forever last, thinking back to where we have come from. And the last verse, happy are they and only they who from thy precepts never stray, so keeping close to what God has called us to do. 
So we're going to take our first reading from the book of Joshua and chapter 24. We're just going to read the first 27 verses, which Derek's going to lead us in. And we're going to take this as our starting point, because the Israelites are gathered in assembly before the Lord. And I think that what we do this morning is is similar in many ways to what, what they were doing as we read in this account. Thanks, Derek. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the river and worshipped other gods. But I took your father, Abraham, from the land beyond the river and led him throughout Canaan, and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau, but Jacob and his sons went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. When I brought your fathers out of Egypt, You came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and uncovered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the desert for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you and took possession of their land. And when Barak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam, son of Beor, to put a curse on you. But I would not listen to Balaam, so he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hand. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gerizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. But I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you, also the two Amorite kings. You did not do it with your own sword and bow, So I gave you a land on which you did not toil, and cities you did not build, and you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now, fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our fathers up out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we travelled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. 
we too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. Thank you, Derek. I don't know how that passage came across to you. It could appear to be quite a dull history of, of some people long ago that you've never heard of and who you maybe aren't massively interested in what happened to them. But for these people, it was their history. It was the history of them as a nation, back to times that they wouldn't remember, to the times when they would have heard the stories of their forefather Abraham and the, and the time before Egypt. And then it, it comes closer to them, closer to their hearts, because their parents would have been the ones who came out of Egypt, who crossed the Red Sea. Some of them too would have seen that. And it comes on to tell of the realities of their lives, the, the journey out of the desert and into the land and all the things that God accomplished for them there, bringing them into that land that he'd promised that was full of good things and driving out the people who were there before them. It was their story. It was very individual to them. And Joshua reminds them that God has been there throughout their story, throughout their history. It says at the start of that chapter we just read that the people of Israel assembled and presented themselves before God. And I suggest that that, to some degree, is what we do this morning too. We assemble together. We live our whole lives before God. But on a Sunday morning, and at other times perhaps as well, we assemble together. And in some ways I think we present ourselves as an assembly before God, as the people did then. And I think an important part of what we do when we do assemble is bear witness to what God has done. As the same, in the same way that Joshua did there, we have a chance to stop and to consider where we are, to consider how we've got here, to look back at the things that God has done for us. How often do you do that? How often do we do that as individuals or as a group? Just stop and look back. I think it's a very valuable thing to do. We read about it in this chapter that we've just read here. We read in other places through um, the early part of the history of uh, the Jews, similar, similar accounts where somebody goes through what's happened and reminds them of God's hand in their lives. And that reminder is vital to us. It is, it is the reason we gather together because we know, we recognise that we need reminding of what God has done for us. And that is the focus of sharing the bread and wine together. It was valuable for them and it's valuable too for us. That reminder of just what God has done comes too with a challenge, as we read in verse 14. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. And again, where we stopped, 
Joshua saying, Now then, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. Joshua, I think, is saying, Look at all that God has done for you. Now what do you think you should do? And he's saying you should serve the Lord. And for us too, when we look back, we should be challenged. Look at all that God has done. That could mean many things to us. We may not feel blessed in our life. We may not feel materially blessed. We may feel that we've struggled and suffered. Or we might feel just the opposite of that, that we've been, we've been given a good ride by God, that he's blessed us with many things. Whatever it means to us personally to look back and see what God has done, always there before us, is the sacrifice of Jesus to remind us that God has called us he's asked that we accept him and he wants to save us as we remember this morning for the Israelites they were looking back on in many ways a physical salvation and for us that may be true as well but there was also there a more spiritual side a spiritual salvation being brought out of the slavery of sin into a new life and that's what we look at and think about when we were baptized we all acknowledged publicly our position we recognized who we were and we recognized all that God has done for us Derek stopped at verse 21 the following verses are very important though as well for what we're going to do this morning and for our lives generally as I said, when we were baptised, we were baptised publicly. And around us there were people to witness that commitment and that statement of what we wanted to do with our lives. I'm going to read verse 21 down to verse 27 of the same chapter. The people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people and there at Shechem he drew up for them decrees and laws. Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. The idea of a public commitment and of witnesses is, is brought forward here. And I think it's, it was there at our baptisms too. The, the way that the words come across there, witness against you, sounds very negative. And when we look at the rest of the history of the people of Israel, perhaps that was well placed. But I think we can think of witnesses for ourselves as a very positive thing. We have witnesses to our commitment together to serve the Lord. And the witnesses that we had at our baptism may no longer be around. They may be, it depends, I guess, where you were baptised and how long ago that was. But each week, I suggest, we come here 
as an assembly before the Lord and we present ourselves and we commit ourselves once again as an assembly together to follow. I think this is one of the really important reasons to meet together. We can all follow God as individuals and we are called to do that. When we're not together, we must continue to follow God. But this day, when we assemble together, we say we'll do that. All as individuals still, but there's people around us who witness that commitment. And together we can encourage one another in that commitment. We are an assembly together before God. And we commit together to serving him. It's a serious commitment. As we read through that chapter, it's a very serious commitment. And Joshua made that clear to the people. We are making a commitment together here this morning before witnesses to follow God. We will serve the Lord. The idea of witnesses, I think, is very important because it's an encouragement to us. It should be an encouragement that we've seen each other make this commitment and we want each other to move together in our service of God. Hebrews chapter 11 is a similar kind of thing to what we've just read from Joshua. The writer to the Hebrews through chapter 11 goes through a list of faithful people. People throughout the history of the Jews who had chosen to follow God. And he, he chronicles what's happened and where God has been involved in their lives and how they've showed their faith to him. And in a similar way to what we've read from Joshua, there's a challenge at the end, a challenge for us. Chapter 12 and the first three verses uh, of Hebrews. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We have each committed ourselves to serving the Lord, to following in the steps of Jesus. And we're encouraged here by the witnesses around us, by other people doing the same thing, by history and seeing people following Jesus, trying to serve the Lord. We are encouraged by this cloud of witnesses to keep going, to fix our eyes on Jesus. I think it's such a privilege and a blessing that we can meet together this morning and fix our eyes on Jesus together with these witnesses around us that we will persevere and that we will throw off the entanglements that stop us from serving the Lord. Jesus showed us the way. He showed us that we can follow God and we'll remember him now in the bread and the wine considering ourselves considering where we've come from and what God has done for us committing together and individually once again to serving the Lord and as witnesses to each other I think 
we should commit to encouraging one another, to being that cloud of witnesses for each one of us, so that we can throw off those entanglements. We're going to share bread and wine now, as Jesus asked us to do, in remembrance of him. And I'd like for us to use this time to look back, to recommit, and to resolve to help one another as we try to serve the Lord. We're going to share bread and wine together, and then after that, um, Mark and the, the rest of the band are going to play a, a praise the Lord just instrumentally. It's Jesus' name above all names is the hymn, and it focuses on who Jesus is and on our commitment to him. Uh, so that will be instrumental after our time of reflection together. But our prayer for the bread is going to be led by Chris. Holy Father, we come into your amazing and awesome presence to gaze upon you. It's amazing that we are allowed in your presence, Father. But it's because you love us that we can do this. And it's through the righteousness that you've given us in Jesus. Oh Lord Jesus, we take bread this morning. We members of your body share it amongst us. And remember what you went through in the pain and the suffering, the torment, some of which we share in our lives. And Lord, we whenever we share this bread, wherever we are, we remember you and your love that stretches out from one scarred hand to the other. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm just going to lead our prayer for the wine. Dear Father, thank you that we can come here this morning and we bless that we can meet safely and in freedom. And we thank you now for this cup of wine and what it means. And we thank you that it represents the blood of Jesus and it was poured out for us on that day of crucifixion and we thank you that it represents that it washes us clean and we look forward to, to sharing wine and bread with with you and the Lord Jesus in your kingdom. We want to thank you for that now Father. Amen.
The words to that song are, Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Saviour, glorious Lord, Emmanuel, God is with us, blessed Redeemer, living Word. When we think about Jesus, we think about the fact that God promises to be with us, to be in us, in our hearts. And when we, when we commit to following, to serving the Lord, that's such an important thing to realise. Joshua said to the people, will you serve the Lord? And they said, we will serve the Lord because he is our God. And then Joshua says, you are not able to serve the Lord. And isn't that true for all of us? We commit we say we will serve the Lord, but we're not able. But we will serve, but we're not able. But we will serve. And when we think about the promises God makes to us, shown so clearly in Jesus that he will be close to us, that he will be with us to help us as we serve, but also to forgive and pick us up when we're not able. We will serve the Lord, though we are not able. We will serve the Lord. We're going to take our second reading from uh, James chapter 1, which again is uh, the reading for the day from the planner if you follow it. Debbie's going to read this for us. And this, I think, shows us what serving the Lord should mean. James chapter 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. But the one who is rich should take pride in his low position because he will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossoms fall and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. 
that each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he's dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of firstfruits of all he created. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted into you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he's heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless, is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Thanks, Debbie. We will serve the Lord, but we are not able, but we will serve the Lord. This chapter is, is full of quite challenging things. Challenging things for somebody who wants to serve the Lord. And we are not able to do these things on our own. We can only attempt them really. And we can only achieve anything with the strength of our Lord. It's complicated, isn't it? If you are... Um, if you're in humble circumstances, you should be proud. And if you're rich, then you should be proud of your low position. Well, how can you be humble and proud? And how do you judge when you're rich and when you should be proud of your low position? It's complicated. It's challenging. But Jesus showed us the way to go. And we have the Spirit with us to help us. We will serve the Lord and we will follow Christ with his help. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Do you do that? Well, not on our own we can't, but with Christ we can. How do you respond when you're tempted? Are you enticed? I think probably we all are on our own. But with Christ's power, we can resist. 
Are you slow to become angry? Are you quick to listen? Do you keep a tight rein on your tongue? These are all things which James is showing us are important to the man and the woman who would serve the Lord. We're called to this kind of restraint. Do we take it seriously? Or do we say we're not able? We will serve the Lord and we are not able. Couldn't go on and on and on. But it needs to finish with we will serve the Lord and not to finish with we are not able. With Christ's power we can do many things. Serving the Lord is not just about believing in him. Not just about believing the right things. Certainly we must do that. From Hebrews 11, which we referred to earlier, without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. But I think what, what, <coughs> what James is talking about is that earnestly seeking bit. He's talking about not just merely listening to the word, but doing it. We commit to serving the Lord, and that's what God asks of us. We've all made a commitment to serving. And this chapter, along with many other places in the Bible, spells out to us something of what that might mean, that serving the Lord. Verse 27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Now for each one of us, the specifics of what our service to God means will be different. But I think the, 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 the essence comes across very strongly. We do something. We do the word. We live the life that we are called to, not focusing on the we are not able, but focusing on we will serve the Lord in Christ's strength. It's a challenging message. It's an important commitment. And together we have made that commitment. And we are witnesses to that commitment together. Let's take confidence from this cloud of witnesses that surrounds us be it in this room be it from our history be it from the scriptures this cloud of witnesses of people who have tried and who have failed and been forgiven and tried again and let's run together the race so that together we can share in the kingdom and the reward that is promised we're going to finish with two songs together the first is from, well, they're both from Praise the Lord. The first is number 40, which picks up on the message of the service that God asks of us. He has shown you, a man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. And the the final song that we'll sing together is number one, two, three. And it's a uh, question to us. It's a challenge to us. Who is on the Lord's side? Will you 
serve the Lord. Almighty God, thank you that you've been with us this morning. Thank you most of all that you've been with us through all the days and months and years to this point. Thank you that you show us yourself and how much you love us. Lord, we want to serve you. We want to serve you every moment of our lives. But Lord, we see that we are not able without you. And Lord, so in your strength, with Christ at our side and in our hearts, we will serve you. And we pray that you will help us as we do that. Help us to serve and help us to accept your hand as you lift us up when we've fallen so that we can be close to you. And Lord, help us be a support and a witness to all of those around us who are walking this road with us, this road to your kingdom, to your blessing and to rest at that time in you. We pray that you will be close to us now and bless us in Jesus. Amen.